This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. It is once again time to talk some blues hockey. There's so much going on around the NHL. There's so much chatter about the blues. Joel Quenville was fired by the Chicago Blackhawks, which I think that's more of a power struggle internally. I know Joel did not get along with the GM, and uh, a lot of people were expecting this. Maybe not this soon, but you could kind of see the writing on the wall that this would eventually happen. And of course, Joe Quinville, the former coach of the Blues, the winningest coach in Blues history. When you add things up, everybody's saying, Joe Quinville's going to be here in a week. The Blues have to fire Mike Yo. It's going to happen this week. They'd be stupid not to do it, so on and so forth. But what everybody's ignoring here is, does Joe Quinville want to come back to St. Louis? He's already proven he can win in St. Louis. What I'm afraid of is, and Joe Quinville may be thinking this, he gets hired by the Blues. Let's just say that. He comes in, and he doesn't win a Stanley Cup. The Blues make the playoffs. They're out in the first, second round every year. What do the fans say then? Because the Blues went out and got their coach that's going to take them to the promised land. It seems to me that everybody needs to take a step back. It's not a foregone conclusion, one, that Joe Quinville wants to come here. Two, that the Blues want to bring him here. And something people also aren't thinking about is, there's other teams that want him. And for Blues fans to think that this job here in St. Louis is better than any other job, I just don't think Blues fans are thinking this all the way through. They're going to have to want to get rid of Coach Mike. Have they probably thought about that? Yeah, I think Doug Armstrong and... Mr. Stillman have probably thought about moving on from Coach Mike. If they haven't, there's something wrong. You always have to look to better yourself, whether it's by making a trade, whether it's by letting a coach go. Regardless, anything you can do to make your team better and give them a better chance at A, making it to the playoffs, B, being successful in the playoffs, and C, winning the Stanley Cup, the team's got to at least look into it. So I'm sure the Blues are thinking about it. I don't know if they've contacted uh, Joel Quinville. Maybe Joe Quinville won't talk to them until they let Mike Yo go. That's quite possible, too. Another thing where people differ with what my opinion is, is that they think that he has to take a job now. That it doesn't make sense for him to wait till the end of the year. Because there's going to be no coaching jobs open at the end of the year. There's going to be several coaching jobs open at the end of the year. And Chicago still owns him for the rest of this season and next season. So any team that wants to talk to him, Chicago has to give permission. Do you think Chicago's really looking forward to letting Joe Quenville become the Blues' new head coach? I think there may be some stumbling blocks with that part of it. He's going to want some control. He's not going to want to come in to an organization and not have control over the roster. Because that ended up happening in Chicago and he really butted heads. And that was one of the issues. 
Will Doug Armstrong give up some control or a lot of control when it comes to player decisions? Nothing against Doug Armstrong, but I don't know if he will or not. There's a lot of GMs that would not do that. They just wouldn't. So we've got a lot to see here. And Blues fans need to look at it from all perspectives. You know, I know there's hashtags out there, fire yo now, yo must go, uh, so on and so forth. Just because you put a hashtag out there doesn't mean it's going to happen. And the key here in, in my mind is you can wish upon a star all you want and want Joe Quinville here. But the main question you need to ask yourself is not do the Blues want him, is not are the Blues willing to pay him, is not are the Blues really willing to give him some control. It's does Joe Quinville want to come here? And nobody is asking that question. They all assume that, yeah, he wants to come here. He wants to come back to the Blues and, fi and finish something that he started years ago. Come on, guys. That's not the way this works after years and years later. It's not like the Blues were, you know, in the Stanley Cup finals and lost the Stanley Cup. We just need to sit back and see what's going to happen. Now let's go ahead and get back to the games themselves. The Blues continuing their homestand. They had recently lost to the Wild, and they needed to get back on the winning streak. They came out against the Hurricanes, and they looked a little slow at first. However, the Blues would get things rolling on a goal by Ryan O'Reilly to start a big first period for them. Now the Blues steal it. Tarasenko with it. In front. They score! Ryan O'Reilly! His fifth! Points in eight straight. Well, with an injury to Braden Shen, the Lions get tweaked. Tarasenko and O'Reilly, they started the season and played six games together. O'Reilly stripping the puck, tenacious. But what a beautiful backhand pass there by Tarasenko. The setup man, flat and perfect, and O'Reilly makes no mistake. As I said earlier, the Blues started out really, really slow in this first period. The Hurricanes were really putting pressure on Chad Johnson, but the Blues broke through with the first goal. Great pass by Vladimir Tarasenko and another great goal by the newcomer Ryan O'Reilly. That would be O'Reilly's fifth goal of the year. Tarasenko gets his sixth assist. Petrangelo gets his fourth assist. 11 minutes, 57 seconds in. The Blues are up one to nothing. How excited was everybody to see Robbie Fabry back the other night? How excited was everybody to see him flying all over the ice? and being somewhat physical. I think we all were excited, but we would be even more excited. Just about a little over two minutes later, Robbie Fabry would get his first goal in a long, long time. Hooks it back to Schmaltz. Look out, he fans on it. And now Martinuk gets it. In front, give and go, off the goal post. And a break for Chad Johnson. After the Blues coughed it up. And Svechnikov hit the post. Now the Blues back in. Fabry, he scores! That's got to feel real good for Fabry. But what a break at one end. The first one off the pad in the post by Svechnikov. The second one was stopped, though. A great save. And then down the other way. The puck goes up to Perron. Perron back to Fabry. And Fabry with those soft, silky mitts right here. Gives him the old nine of hearts taking it from the forehand to the backhand. Hopefully the first of many goals for Robbie Fabry. The Blitz go up 2 to nothing on that goal by Fabry, his first of the year, of course. Perron gets his sixth assist. Thomas gets his fourth assist. 
14 minutes and one second in, the Blues are up two to nothing. The Hurricanes, not just in the first period, but all through the night were hitting the post. They hit the post three or four times, which is great because the post is the goalie's best friend. Now the Blues would do something they've done a lot this year and last year. They would give up a late goal with just about 26 seconds left in the first period, and Carolina would get back in it at 2-1 to one on this power play goal by Jacob Slavin. You have to change and simplify. I mean, you can see it really bouncing. Justin Williams up top for Slavin. He'll ready, guarded by Tyler Bozak at the midpoint now. Holding on to it to the flank, it's Williams. He fanned on it. He returns it to Slavin. Jacob Slavin now darting on Bozak. A shot, scores! The puck had eyes. Jacob Slavin found his own shooting lane. And the Canes are on the scoreboard with 25.3 seconds left in period one. Well, that's the simplification you're looking for. Last minute of play. The net front from Justin Williams. He fans on the initial pass, but boy, does he go to the net beautifully. And along with Petrangelo, takes away any ability to see the puck from Johnson. Also a silent wrister from Jacob with his head up, just making sure to get it by Petrangelo. Goaltender can't hear this slapping motion when it's a slap shot. So wise shot selection the Hurricanes have left. The Hurricanes were finally rewarded by their hard effort in the first period. The shots on goal in the first period were 14 to 11 in favor of the Hurricanes. But I'm going to tell you, although the Blues are up 2 to 1 after this late goal, the Hurricanes really played very, very well in the first period and had better scoring opportunities than the Blues probably did. But the Blues are up 2-1. to one. This goal by Jacob Slavin would be a power play goal, his first goal of the year. Williams gets his ninth assist. Walmart, who I thought had a good game, gets his second assist. 1934 into the first. We've got a game again at 2-1. to one. And as I said earlier, the Blues tend to give up these late goals, early goals, in a lot of games this year and last year. But unlike this year and last year, the Blues would respond very quickly. Just 21 seconds later, the Blues would be on a power play, and Ryan O'Reilly would get a sixth goal of the year, his second of the night, to put the Blues back up by two, three to one. In front, they score! O'Reilly with 4.7 left, another power play goal! Holy jumping, what a shot this is! I mean, we've told you how Ryan O'Reilly, his work ethic is next to none, and this is not a flat puck. It didn't look like anyway, and he caught it the top of his blade and under the bar and in the net, and is that a way to respond after giving up the power play goal to Slavin? Good play by Dunn, down low O'Reilly. Good play by Tarasenko to keep it back in, and then he puts it back to Bozak, and Bozak fires it right over there, to the left-handed O'Reilly, and he rips it high over the bar on the short side. O'Reilly gets his second goal of the night. This guy's been huge coming over from Buffalo. I actually had a discussion last night with a gentleman from the Buffalo area, Sabres fan, and he swears to me that the Sabres are such a great team without O'Reilly, that adding Berglund, Zabotka, and Thompson has made the Sabres a better team, and that they're so much better than the Blues. As of last night, the Sabres had played two more games in the Blues and were only three points ahead of the Blues. To say that the Sabres are a better team with Sabotka, Thompson, and Berglund, I think is a huge stretch. Just go ahead and look at their stats between the three of them. I think they have three goals between the three of them. I might be wrong, but just go ahead and look that up. 
Now, I may agree with him that the fact that moving O'Reilly has given the Sabres a chance to play some other guys more. I do agree with that. It has given guys chances to play more minutes. And I think for the Sabres, they've played pretty well. But to say the Sabres got the best of that trade is almost as ludicrous as a fan from Philadelphia that told me the previous season that Braden Shin was not a top six forward, that he was not a good player, and that they got the better deal with getting Laterra and the draft pick. I don't know what these people are thinking, but uh, they're entitled to their opinion. I think they're wrong, but uh, hey, I respect their opinion. That goal by O'Reilly was just a great goal. It would be a sixth of the year. Bozak gets his fourth assist. I thought Bozak played a very solid game. Since he's come to the Blues this year, I think he plays solidly every game and gives a huge effort. That's his fourth assist. Tarasenko gets his seventh assist. Tarasenko's not scoring a ton of goals, but at least he's helping the Blues produce. That goal was at 19 minutes, 55 seconds in, just five seconds left in the second period. Power play goal. The Blues respond to that late goal by Jacob Slavin, and we are at 3-1. to As I said earlier, Shots on goal, 14-11 for Carolina. Towards the end, the Blues kind of started playing a little bit better. But for the first 8 to 10 minutes, I don't think the Blues played very well. Going into the second period, I think we wanted to see a continued effort by the Blues that they started midway through that first period. But in all honesty, Carolina dominated that second period. If it was not for Chad Johnson and a few hit posts, it could have been a much, much different story. It could have been three to three, four to three, maybe even five to three Carolina after that second period because Carolina outshot the Blues 13 to three in the second period. Just not a great period for the Blues. We go into the third period and Carolina again would outshoot the Blues 12 to six. So in the second and third period, the Blues in my mind were just kind of holding on. Did they play bad? No. But, uh, you know, Carolina did have a good, good effort in the first 10 minutes of the game and also the last two periods. But it would be the Blues to get the next goal of the game and the last goal of the game. Carolina would pull their goalie late in the third period, and Ryan O'Reilly would add to his two goals to get the hat trick to give the Blues a 4-1 to one win, and the hats were flying onto the ice. Shot. Off the near post from a tough angle. Blues get it. O'Reilly for the hat trick. He scores! Well, Tom Stillman and the ownership group, they made the investment, gave the approval to Doug Armstrong, who swung the deal with the Buffalo Sabres. And boy, Ryan O'Reilly, factor O'Reilly, has not disappointed. His first career National Hockey League hat trick. It's nice to see such a hardworking player get rewarded for his efforts. And I know the final goal was on an empty net, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. He got his three goals, and he deserves the accolade. That'd be Ryan O'Reilly's seventh goal of the year. Steen gets his fourth assist. Tyler Bozak gets his fifth assist. 16 minutes and 50 seconds into the third. The Blues are up 4-1, to one, and that would be the way the game would end. Before we get into the postgame interviews, let's go ahead and go over the stats of the game. Shots on goal. The Hurricanes had 39, the Blues had 20. Face-offs, the Blues won that battle 60% to 40%. And I honestly think that stat there is why the Blues won the game. Power play, 1 for 5 for the Hurricanes. The Blues were 1 for 4. Penalty minutes, 8 for the Hurricanes, 10 for the Blues. 
Hits were even at 16 each. The Blues had 17 blocked shots. Carolina had 12 blocked shots. Giveaways, the Blues really did not do well in this category. 14 giveaways to Carolina's four giveaways. Now let's go ahead and get into the post-game interviews, where of course we're going to first hear from the players. We're going to hear from Ryan O'Reilly, the star of the night, Robbie Fabry, the guy that just recently got back in the lineup after a long, long battle with knee injuries, and of course, Chad Johnson, who played a pretty good game. And after the players, we'll of course end the interviews with Coach Mike. You know, I don't think it was our, our best game. I don't think we had the consistency that we wanted tonight. But, you know, that second period, Johnny, again, came up big. He came up big in the first and third again. But that second period, he made some huge saves for us. And, you know, I thought we had a good talk in here coming out and we wanted to play hockey in the third period and, and you know, you know, get back to our game. And we did. So it was, it was a good response by us to, to play the hockey again and start winning some battles and, and give ourselves a chance to win. Right. You got the power play goal, obviously, late there. But then for you guys to come back and counter, how, how important was that? I was big. It was key time for us. You know, I think it's good. That's the, you know, results you want to have. You know, when something bad happens, you want to respond well and and get momentum or put something in the net. And you know, it's always good when we can do that. Do you remember your last one? Uh, I think it was uh, against Philly in 2016, a long time ago. <laughs> felt good. So yeah. Get that one. Yeah. You know, uh, forgot how it felt, um, yeah. but it definitely felt good. Did you have a sense as it opened up in front of you, or was it just you just reacted, or was there the whole thought like, oh, here it is, I, I've got it? Uh, yeah, I was just kind of reading reading off the play, reading off the pressure on my back, uh, going to my backhand there, and um, it was a great pass by uh, uh, Perry there under the under the stick. I mean, they didn't reach the average, I guess, that they were at. I think they averaged 42, so we got a little bit lower than that. But yeah, it was just it was a big win. I, I you know, I thought the guys played well they, they threw were throwing pucks all over the place on that and uh, they didn't have a lot of second chances I didn't think and we did a good job just battling so uh, you know it was nice to get those two points. Chad was the, you talked about it this morning too just with the way they throw pucks at the net just yeah. having the rebound control did you feel yeah. like you, you had that pretty yeah, well? Yeah I mean control? for sure I have to watch sort of some of the clips again too but I felt like for the most part you know I controlled a lot of the pucks and ate a lot of the pucks up and uh, I think the only times they really got chances, maybe hit the post and they there's a rebound save there too. So I got lucky on some as well. Um, but yeah, I thought I was pretty good off the rebounds. Well, it does. So obviously he's been, uh, you know, needless to say, a great addition to our group. But, uh, you know, you just, you love to see a pro like that, uh, the way he comes to the rink every day, the way that he prepares, um, the way that he approaches the game and what he puts into it. And, uh, and, you're always happy for people that, that get rewarded for that kind of effort and, and work ethic and preparation. Really good. I mean, obviously, early in the game, we gave up a few point blankers and he was right there. Um, I think that, you know, giving him this game and kind of targeting it allowed him to really get dialed in this week in practice. For me, I saw a big, a big uh, you know, boost in his practice the quality of his practices and uh and he was outstanding tonight you know there's a team that you know I, I knew it like watching these games pre-scouting them you know whether it's san jose whether it's vegas uh, they had lost a couple of these games and and they i mean they generate a number of opportunities they got speed uh, they create turnovers they create opportunities and uh, and obviously we saw that tonight we knew that we were going to need goaltending to win this hockey game and uh, and he gave it to us 
Well, yeah, their speed and some of our decision making. We we got to make quicker decisions. We got to move our feet more, and we got to make better decisions. A couple times, just making soft plays into the middle of the ice. It's just that, that that's that's not a recipe for winning hockey games. So I think that's what we go to school with tomorrow, and that's where we got to get better. You know, a lot of the stuff that we're giving up, it's self inflicted. Um, you just can't make soft plays to the middle of the ice, and think that you're not going to get hurt um is it's too hard of a league teams check too hard um the way that everybody's pressing up their deer pinching uh and forwards are reloading sticks are on the ice there's just too many things to hit in there that bounce the wrong way and obviously turnovers there you're not in a position to defend not a perfect game what did you like better about tonight what was improved versus saturday well it's just about winning that's what it is bottom line is it's about winning uh, you know we're not in a position where we can you know, we have to, we, I think we, obviously we have to keep building and, and learning lessons. To me, we've won three out of our last four and it doesn't really feel like that. That's the funny thing. Um, but at the same time, we have won three out of our last four. So, um, you know, we're, we're not here patting ourselves on the back. We have to get a lot better. Um, so to me, that's the, that's what we use these next two days for is we look at some video uh, tomorrow of, of, you know some of the mistakes and some of the things that we're doing to ourselves and and how we're putting ourselves in these positions and and we try to get better and we try to improve on that for our next one the second period you're outshot 13 to to, to, to three is that yeah. a case that johnson kind of kept you in there he kept us in yeah but obviously it's also a case that we got to be ready to start the period the second period when you got the long change you can't come out flat and you can't come out and you know next thing you know uh one line is is just doing whatever they can to get off the ice and you just get caught in that cycle you've got to you've got to bear down you've got to finish your shift and you've got to find a way to set the next line up and we're not really doing a very good job of that right now like uh, chad's had some good years but a lot of times you sign a backup goalie the fans look at the numbers and how many teams he's been with what struck you about chad that he can be a quality goalie oh uh, just good attitude um you know I, I again i think that he had a good preseason. Uh, the last couple of practices for me, he, he looked dialed in. I was confident that he was going to have a really good game today, uh, but he's got experience. So uh, our defensive game, it's gonna it's gonna get going. You know, I, it's it's not there yet. I, I think that the structure of our game is getting closer. A lot of our chances that we're giving up, they're coming off turnovers. So we have to eliminate those turnovers now. Um, but typically, you know, whether it's a guy like Hutz and you've seen the success that Jake's had in the past, we've typically been a place where goalies can come in and, and do very well. And uh, that's why Chad signed here. So we've got to shore up our game and he'll be a guy that, you know, along with Jake, when we do that, when we get real strong and are solid in our defensive game, then we'll give those guys a chance every night. Against a team like this yeah, rebound control is really important. Puck recovery, we talked about that. <clears throat> I don't know that we are as good in the puck recovery, but <clears throat> excuse me, as far as gaining possession, but I think that we are good off the rebounds. And uh, this was one of our better games. You know, I think that Chad did a really good job controlling the rebounds, making sure that there weren't a lot of dangerous plays in front of the net. But I do think that this was one of our better games as far as our, our defensive group, making sure that there wasn't secondary opportunities off those rebounds, and that's uh, that's obviously critical. Robbie this morning with his enthusiasm, his joy to be for getting or yeah. scoring that goal. Yeah, I'm really happy for him. Um, you know, he, he's he's put the work in, and 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 again, that's all you can hope for as a coach with everything that he's gone through as a player. 
um, you can hope you can only hope that somebody gets rewarded for for that kind of work ethic and uh, it's been a hard go for them that's for sure but uh, and it's been hard like I'll be honest it's been a hard go for us too not having them in the lineup but now we're getting them back and now he's starting to come along and and you can see the impact that he has on games and and uh, and the scary thing is he's he's still not he's still not quite there you know he's he's getting closer um, and he's doing everything he can, but it'll keep coming. It's just a matter of time. Even with all his work, getting a goal, can that just even boost his confidence? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's we have some guys that confidence-wise, it's 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 not there, and uh, and you, you never, as a coach, you never hope for a result to to help feed the game and feed the confidence and and uh, and and build your game, but. Um, Quite often, it, you know, it, it does help. Yeah, so he scores a goal. There's no question he's feeling a little bit more confident. Um, he's seeing he's seeing the results uh, pay off of his hard work, and so um, obviously he's going to continue that. The penalty kill got a lot of work today. Probably more than you want to see when it yeah. came through for you. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was big. You know, uh, gave up the first one there, but you know, I I think that they responded well and. There is a number of critical kills there, you know, obviously the one and the third, but uh, um, critical moments in the game when you're clinging to a, a you know, a 2 1 3 1 lead, you get a kill there, and it's a big momentum booster for your team. I'm glad that Ryan O'Reilly is really positive, uh, trying to say the Blues came back and played their game in the third period, but they were still outshot and outplayed in the third period. Did they play a little bit better? Yeah, there was some improvement from the second period. Second period was just dismal, and the first 9 to 10 minutes of the game were not good. But I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth here, guys. It's a win. Was it a beautiful win? No. They scored four goals, one of them, of course, an empty netter. But you need games like this. Good teams, when they're not playing their best, will find a way to win. Whether it's a goaltender playing great, which is what Chad Johnson did, whether it's guys just getting the opportunity to contribute and coming through, which Robbie Fabry did. You know, I know a lot of people are very positive about this game or they're very negative. I'm in the middle. It's a win. A win's a win. I don't care if you win four to three. I don't care if you win five to four. I don't care if you win an overtime six to five. It's a win. Not a pretty win, but it's a win. And the Blues need this type of game. They need the type of game to where they battle, they battle hard. It wasn't their best game. They put some pucks in the net, and they got a strong performance in net. Now, a lot of people are saying, including some of the Blues beat writers, that Mike Yo has to start Chad Johnson because he's the hot hand. One game is not a hot hand make. I don't know why they would think that. Chad Johnson, in my mind, is a good backup. I think Mike Yo has about a 10% chance of starting him Friday against the Sharks. You guys can wish it, but I really don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to see Jake back in net against the Sharks. I also think that probably Bo is going to be back Friday. I think that's wrong, but uh, he's going to be back Friday. I'll be shocked if Mike Yo sets Jay Bo two games in a row. I don't see that happening. Mike Yo respects him too much, and for some reason, Mike Yo thinks he can still play. Now, there was a lot of people joking online that the only reason Bo Meester sat is because Joe Quinville was fired 
and Mike's got to just do his best now to win. I don't think that had anything to do with it either. I think Mike just seen the fact that other guys need opportunities, other guys need minutes to play, and Bo Meester's not played well. He is not an asset to your team. Michael's not going to come out and say that, but I think it kind of shows us, hopefully, the direction Mike Yo is going with his feelings towards Jay Bowmeister. Great player at one time, just too old now. And as they just brought out, he's not fully recovered from his injury. I've said that since he came back, and people told me I was nuts. Why they've played him when he's not fully recovered is beyond me because he's been a liability since he's came back. You don't want players out there that are liabilities, regardless of whether they're former Stanley Cup champions regardless of whether they're top all-star defensemen. You want guys that give you the best opportunity to win, and Jay Bowmeister hasn't done that this year. So hopefully, Mike Yo sees that, and he'll cut down on his minutes or set him every couple games. That's what has to be done, because I don't see them waving him and having to take that cap hit. I think the Blues coming into this game against the Sharks on Friday will have to have a much better effort I think the Sharks are a much better team with players like Logan Couture, Carlson, Burns, uh, Pavelski, all of those guys. They give big efforts in all their games. And then you've got Martin Jones in goal that's a very capable goaltender. So the Blues are going to have to play a much better game Friday night to get their second win in a row and continue something that hopefully they can build on. I want to thank everybody for joining me for another fun episode of the drop podcast where we get the drop on everything st louis blues and other stuff going on around the nhl until next time stay healthy stay happy and let's go blues thank you for joining us for this episode of the drop podcast to get more of the drop check out our website at droppodcast.com you can also find us on google play itunes and the iHeartRadio app You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.